Welcome to the Common Sense Connections app audio education series. We encourage you to listen carefully to the success and leadership principles discussed in this audio. They have enabled countless independent business owners just like you to build a successful business and have a full and balanced life. All right, who's going to Jamaica with us? All right. Well, I'm excited to be here, and the, the thing I'm most excited about tonight is that Sarah's here with me. And uh, as Eddie mentioned, and I was talking to Houghton's the other night, we were in a company together previously, and Melanie talked about, I used to hear about Sarah, and she was like this mystical creature. <laughs> you were always talking about her, but she never showed up with you. And the truth of the matter is, once you all meet her, then you have no use for me. So I try and leave her home as often as possible. But here's Sarah. What are we doing here, you guys? What do you think? Can I talk about this one word that I think is kind of important? It's the word joy. Can anybody feel joy right now? It's brewing in you a little bit. There are three gifts that I think help us to feel joy. The blessing of being able to remember, the blessing of being able to forget, and the blessing of being able to create. I've got three stories. The first one for remembering. I have a moment that I've cherished my whole life. I grew up in a nook of heaven on earth over in Colorado. We had about 80 acres and we had a bubbly stream, some fishing ponds, a really deathly cold swimming pond, I guess, with a lot of mud. <laughs> and we had a lot of shrub oak trees, which we played a lot of I guess Star Trek was our main one. And I was usually Dr. Bones or Lieutenant O'Hara, but Abby always got to be Spock because she had slightly pointy ears. <laughs> we have great memories of that. But I remember a specific Sunday afternoon walk. We followed the Colby Ditch Bank up the southeast side around the hill behind our house. I was small enough that I rode on my dad's shoulders for a while, but after a bit I hopped down and ran kind of ahead. And at some point I looked back and realized I was kind of separated, so I dinked around for a little bit, threw some rocks in the stream, and then I plunked down on a rock. It was probably about the size of one of these speakers. And I looked out over the valley. And I, had, I was kind of in the shadows, because I was on the west side of the hill facing the valley. And over on the other side, there were, it was just a warm light that was just showing on the other side of the valley. Nothing like angels coming down or anything. And in my four-year-old self, I knew that I lived a blessed life. I knew that God was very much a part of it, and he was always going to be. And I was saturated in a feeling that I can only describe as gratitude, peace, and joy. There's that word. That's a whole story. Boring for you, but it's one of my cherished memories. <laughs> Remembering joy is actually as important to joy as joy itself. Sometimes we feel joy, but we forget the feeling. We forget the story or the details, the memories. When we want to feel joy, focus on it, remember it, and it stays with us. The second is the story of forgetting. And I have a string of moments of about 24 months in little, little pieces that I quite simply have forgotten. I get little snippets of, if but I can confidently say that I've wiped them clean from my mind. I married Joe in 2004, and the misery started almost immediately. <laughs> we decided if we were going to have kids, which we weren't sure that was a possibility, then voila, we would have kids. 
zero prevention, which I think Joe regretted terribly, because starting about week two of pregnancy, I vomited so beautifully and profusely that I'd break blood vessels in my eyes. I don't know, it was just not pretty. Instead of some relief after throwing up, there just really wasn't an after throwing up. It was just kind of always throwing up. And I remember one time Caden came in and started chatting with me. He's my oldest. Um, something about lunch. And I, as I was turning inside out, I thought, how could he not see what's going on right now? He was just so accustomed to the whole thing. But guess what? Those memories are pretty much gone. And by, by the end of carrying those three little terrorizers, then I had these beautiful tiny people. And I choose to focus on them, the tiny people who are getting big now. Forgetting is a byproduct of focusing on the things that bring us joy, not the things that we, or the, and forgetting the things that we can forget. Forgetting is easy. You just think about the joy things and view the forgetting things as part of the journey. You wouldn't be there where you feel the joy if you hadn't gone through the things that bring you to joy, right? If you want something to be the focus on life, of your life, then focus on it, the joy thing. It's genius. I didn't make this stuff up, though. <laughs> creating. This is my third story. The blessing of creating. Let's go back to Joe, because we kind of like him. When I met Joe, he was honestly nothing short of a junk show. We could have called it the Joe show, but not in a very good way. He, he triumphantly maintained the entourage for quite some time, but over the course of a couple of years, he actually started wielding this blessing of creating. He created joy rather than misery. And it was before we were even a thing, so even though he gives me quite a bit of credit, it's all on him. It's always coming back to you, the good and the bad, you know? He was perfectly aware of his messy life, but instead of wallowing in it, he started hoping in it. It didn't happen all at once. It was a transition. Hoping in a pool of what seems like hopelessness is probably one of your greatest or one of your greatest tools of divinity. When I first met him, his language was, junk comes to me. I lose everything, I break everything, I hate everything, and I expect more horrible in my life every day. He wouldn't say it drearily, he would actually say it quite merrily, like he was the happy victim of the greatest tragedies that made him unique and special. <laughs> when people were having a bad day, they would honestly decidedly come to see him because he could always orate a perfectly hilarious story about his woes and they would deem the story of their day to be actually quite a happy one. It was a great system for everyone, except for Joe. Just the other day, my sister, I was telling her what I was talking about, and she recalled that when she met Joe, he had lost two cell phones down the toilet. Business, lean, flush, out of the pocket, it was very smooth, gone, all in one minute. Two times in one week. Then I recalled he made it a pretty um, frequent custom to lose his car keys, maybe a minimum of twice a week. It was more frequent than you would think was even possible. But he never made spare keys. He simply called the locksmith, paid the $40 to unlock it, and was quite annoyed that he had to wait by his car so frequently. But while he waited, he would call a friend and help them have a good day by telling them about himself. He was always telling people about his bad days. There's a lesson in that. Don't do it. 
you're thinking this is another story about forgetting. But, and it, well, actually it is, because it doesn't seem like Joe at all, does it? The great thing is, it isn't Joe today. I wish we had a reality show called Not Your Average Joe, 20 Years Running. I wish you could see him living, because he is a spectacle of a different nature today. Instead of flushing phones, he's flushing bad habits, not just in himself, but he's helping other people to do it. He not only keeps track of keys, but he keeps track of products, social media, shipping, packaging, inventory, billing, labeling, commission checks, employee checks, logistics, conferences, personal study, and my favorite is he looks after you. He thinks about each of you. So he looks at the figures and the big numbers, and he tracks the whole, the big picture, but he's interested in the one. How does each one of you succeed? He knows that some of you won't choose to do this, but for the ones who do, he thinks, how can I make sure they're successful at what they want to do? Does that sound like someone who can't keep track of keys, who has consistently dramatic and tragic news? Absolutely not. And the change wasn't me, and it wasn't you. He created that. If he hadn't chose to make changes in his life, I would not have chosen him. I didn't want crazy in my life. You can imagine how interested I was in him. When he asked me out, I laughed at him. <laughs> I, it was fine for his life to be crazy, but it wasn't, I didn't want that for me. He needed to contain that stuff in his world. He created his life of ruin, kind of unknowingly, but then over a session of quite some time, he realized he was the creator of his past and started creating a different life. It all started inside of himself. No one could have reached inside and extracted the life he is today except for the merry man himself. He started talking differently. His curiosity changed from, how will my life be awful today, to how do people live lives that are not disasters? You'll notice the sentence, it didn't go from Tuesday tragedy to Wednesday wonderful. It was a slow transition. However, the change from speaking absolute doom to wondering if people actually had joy was a pretty big transition over quite a bit of time. Then the wondering shifted to studying them. That's where I entered the scene. I felt like I was being interviewed every day about my life. His questions were somewhat to the effect of, how, how, what do you want? What do you think about? What are your habits? Why are you doing that? How does someone live without the locksmith number on speed dial in their phone? <laughs> I would say things like, I make a copy, I wired under the wheel well, I've actually never been locked out of my car, it works every time. And he was totally fascinated. I talk about it lightly, but I remember finding his interrogations of me quite interesting. For all his tragedy, tragedy I also remember thinking I liked visiting with him. He was interesting, but also very happy not to get too close to him. I remember admiring him for the ways he, he wanted to alter the course of his life in what seemed like a river he was definitely going to drown in. Do you see it? Do you see how he created? It started with a desire to live differently. Then he studied it. He studied the different life until he got a better grasp of it. He didn't stop living his terrible life. He just started thinking about a different kind of life 
And that was the initial shift. When Joe asked me to marry him, the T-chart of Joe still didn't look great. However, there was evidence that the scales were tipping, not because of me, but because of him. Do you know you're on a scale right now? If you think things are terrible, or if you're just having trouble feeling joy, then start putting weight in the side that you want. Start putting more weight in the desires instead of the fires that are burning your house down. Tip the scales the way you want. After we were married, we still had residue of Joe's past, but he had started moving things to the other side. And because he didn't like the scales tipped in disaster, he gave more gout to the hope of something different. We had been reading, he had been reading the tools of the system for years. It was like an IV drip of how to think. But then something switched in Joe. That switch, I believe, was decision. The IV, dro the IV drops got into his blood, right? He wouldn't have known what to do with he if he hadn't had that drip going. If you can imagine a little Joe on a scale, one side labeled dreary, the other side labeled happy. He had all his luggage stacked in dreary. It started with him throwing his toiletries onto the other side. And they'd kind of go up there and slide down a little bit. And it didn't make much of a difference. But then he'd maybe take off a shoe and it'd roll around a little bit until it caught. And then slowly after time, it would kind of level this playing field a little bit where he could walk a little better. He'd go hang his coat on a hook in the middle and he didn't know if that made any difference, but it was closer, right? Pretty soon, the footing became easier to walk on. And finally, he picked up something like a suitcase or something that carried a little more weight. Things got really shifting. The real luggage was when he started reading the same chapters every day from five books. He read them to smithereens. I really think this is where the biggest difference to, was made. It's why we do the book club the way we do. One chapter every day for two weeks. The principles suck, sunk in. They got into his blood. He started believing them. So the decision to move to the other side was a big part. And then he started believing that life could be different the way he wanted it. This talk is not to tell Joe's deep, dark past, but I'm grateful he had that path. It's made a wonderful life for me. I don't know what you think about Joe, but he is a work in progress. I am a work in progress. You are a work in progress. We're all moving. This talk is for someone in this room who needs to know that their drama does not equal forever unless you keep the skills where they're at. As long as you blame somebody else, you'll never have what you want for yourself. If you keep it on the side of gloom and doom, then you'll keep it there but you can also choose to put it in the side of your joy. It seems too simple, and if you think it's simple, it might be a little true. You don't realize how ADD we are with our desires, but we can make a difference. We can change that. Joy is what we feel when we're happy. And when I wrote that, I thought, that's kind of a silly sentence to put in here, but it's true. Joy is what we, what we feel when we're happy. The old joy thought joy was looking forward to death. Joy is not looking forward to death. It's looking forward to life. I don't care if you live in hell. If you can hold an idea of joy in your mind, 
you will have joy. You'll find the marshmallows and roast them on the hellfire. No matter what's going on in your life, joy is a choice of holding a true desire. And as you think about it and define it and nurture it and see it, you create it. An acronym for joy could be just on you, because it is. Get your luggage, for Pete's sake. Take your brain sense and stack your things in where you want it. I love you guys. Have a great night. This audio series was created to help you with personal development, professional development, and gaining the skills to build a sustainable business. While certainly no one can guarantee success, it is our hope that the principles and ideas discussed here will enable you to experience the thrill of accomplishment and offer your life greater significance and enjoyment. This is a copyrighted program. The purchase of the program is optional, and any unauthorized reproduction or broadcast of this digital media without express written consent is strictly prohibited. All rights are reserved.